Hey guys, and thanks so much for tuning in. You're about to hear an incredible message from Pastor Jeremy called Learn to Lift, right here on the Engage Network. I can say it's good to be back in church because I was gone for 12 days on vacation, sitting by the ocean and the beach and doing whatever I want. And uh, if you haven't got to go yet this summer, I'm sorry. Because everyone here is like, Edmonton hasn't really had summer yet. And I was, I was on the Sunshine Coast, and it was 28 degrees and sunny for about five days when I was there. So, yes, I am rubbing it in your face. If you have your Bibles this morning, why don't you turn in them? Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and Matthew chapter 11. Um, we're going to continue on with our series, uh, Best Summer Ever. And I believe this morning I have a word that... It's, uh, I think sometimes when you're like, let's talk about the best summer ever, we think of these like raw, raw, high intensity, um, high emotional messages and words, but I, I don't think I have that this morning. I think I have a direct word from Jesus on just something he wants to lead us in in our lives so we can continue on in the fullness that he has for us. So if that's okay, I think that's where we're going to start this morning. Um, if you want a rah-rah word, come tonight at 6 o'clock. I'm sure Pastor Brett will have one at the summer sizzle. You know, I heard he might even paint himself for tailgating. I don't know. That's how rumors start, right? When someone starts, hey, you know what I heard? And uh, it's probably not true. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 to 13 says, So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then those who follow you, though they are weak and lame, they will not stumble and fall, but they will become strong. And then in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light." Um, let's just pray again. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word's alive, powerful, active. God, I thank you that um, you've been teaching us since the beginning of time, but Jesus, there's such a desire in your heart through the Holy Spirit to lead us into fullness, and I thank you that this morning um, we're going to see a deeper picture of that. In Jesus' name, amen. So in a world searching for rest, security, peace, uh, uh, looking to be released from the weights and burdens that maybe society or your job or expectation has put you under, maybe uh, even looking for a rest from the burdens that you've put yourself under at times, uh, what we come to the understanding and belief is that we are all searching for rest and peace and a grace in our lives that allows us to feel free and allows us to not feel overwhelmed and overcome by all of these things. And as we are searching for all of these things, it's great to want to escape. It's great to want to get away and find that moment of rest. But I believe that there's a truth that still remains and still holds, and that would be this, that good rest comes after good labor. I, I, I hear my dad saying there's no rest like one after a hard day's work, right? And I'm like, Dad, you just want me to do more, right? You just want me to work harder, 
They don't call it Labor Day for nothing, right? You know, like it's all of those things that you heard growing up. But, you know, as you grow and as you move in life, when you look for a rest, when you haven't felt productive or moving in an area of life, sometimes it actually turns into a restlessness. But I think what we need to understand in our walk with Jesus, there is labor and there is movement and there is lifting that happens that's out of our own strength. But there is a good labor and there is a good work that Christ has for us that actually will lead us to the peace and rest that he desires for our lives. And it's counterintuitive to what the world would say at times. See, if we don't know how to labor properly, we actually could end up hurting ourselves. If we don't know how to lift properly the weights and the burdens and the things that we have to face in this life or the right way or follow the right steps in a process but simply say, I'm going to do it however I want. I'm going to push as hard as I can. I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to make something happen. We actually can put ourselves into a place where we find ourselves at odds or we hurt ourselves. And, and, and how we labor and proper process and labor in the kingdom of God is very important because we don't want to spiritually injure, deplete, or hurt ourselves because we haven't learned from Jesus. Now, we took a day a little while ago called Summer Sabbath. How many remember that? Y'all got a Sunday off, Summer Sabbath. Um, let me tell you about my Summer Sabbath, okay? Um, I'm going to be very honest and confess to you, I didn't watch the video. I just took a Sunday off. And uh, so those of you that didn't watch the video, be released. Pastor Jeremy didn't watch the video. You don't have to feel guilty any longer. But because we had moved into uh, our new house, um, I was scrambling that weekend trying to get stuff done. And I actually didn't really rest at all until Monday morning on Canada Day, I woke up and I had a problem. And you see, um, I don't tell a lot of people this, and now everybody at church is going to know, but... For about two years, I've had like an umbilical hernia above my belly button, and I just ignore it. You know, not a very good thing to do, and I don't know how it happened or what happened. But uh, on, in, the, in the course of moving and stuff like that, like if you already have a muscle that's displaced or torn, um, how you lift, how you work, how you move can greatly affect those things. And uh, we moved, and I'm kind of uh, stubborn a little bit. You can ask my wife. Um, and so most of the time when I do things that she thinks I shouldn't be doing, I just do it when she's not looking. And uh, so I'm moving like dressers by myself. Um, I'm tearing out kitchen cabinets that should take two or three guys to lift. And I'm like, I have a, I have a tarp strap here and something like I'll just strap it to my back and drag it and pull it and flip it over or hit it with a sledgehammer, whatever you need to do. And, and I was working like this and this was kind of my summer Sabbath, but Monday morning I woke up. And literally from the time I got up, I, I thought, there's something wrong here. And Jesus, I don't want something to be wrong. Because for some reason, it had estrangulated, and it was not going back in. So I don't know if you know anything about your muscle. Like, if you have a muscle sticking out of your body, like, you need to go to the doctor. And I'm like, Jesus hasn't healed me in two years. I, I have to set an appointment with my family physician, okay? And just, just so you know. There's faith, and then there's stupidity, and there's good wisdom, okay? And so this is Monday morning, and this is supposed to be summer Sabbath, but I'm trying to get work done. And now I'm nervous that, like, what's happening here? And I'm like, I said to my wife, I said, I know what this might be, and if this doesn't fix itself, I need to, I need to go to the ER. 
And she's like, yeah, you should just go. And she's like, you're okay. I'm like, I feel fine. I just need to catch this before it gets worse. And so I go to the ER. And by the time I drive from my house, my new house to the Misericordia Hospital, it's only like seven minutes. And by the time I get there and I'm waiting and standing in line, I'm texting Mary. I'm like, I am not doing good. I think you better come here. I'm like, leave the boys with Sienna. Come see me at the hospital. And like in a matter of 15 minutes, I go from being fine, getting up in the morning. I made myself a tea. I'm gonna, yeah, it's so manly. I made myself a tea. Because <laughs> I thought if my stomach's hurting, coffee is not gonna help it. And in 15 minutes, I go from I'm white, I'm cold sweating, like dripping off my body, standing in line. And I walk up to the charge nurse who's going to check me in. And lo and behold, it is the wife of one of my youth and youth leaders that I've known for 15 years. And she's like, do you want to talk to someone else? I'm like, no, just fill out the paperwork, get me in as fast as possible. And by the time my wife gets there, I have vomited about six times. I'm dripping sweat. I'm laying on the floor in the yard. Like, guys, that is not a sanitary place to lay down. But it was the only way I could, like, actually survive. I have my feet up on a chair, and my wife walks in the room, and she's like, it took everything in me to not laugh at you. I'm like, thank you for your grace and compassion. And, and so <clears throat> my wife uh, gives me two Tylenol. She's like, you better just take something, because it could be two hours before they get you in still. And I'm laying there, and I'm in pain. I'm texting Pastor Brett, just pray for me. Um, I'm texting Dave and Lisa. I'm like, you guys, I need just people to pray right now. I'm, like, I've never been in that much pain. I, I really don't believe I've ever been in that much pain. And uh, I'm in the waiting room for about an hour and a half. Finally, they bring me back, and the doctor comes to see me. And he's like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you morphine, and I'm going to shove that thing back in. And my face was like are you kidding me? He's like, well, I can't do surgery right now. So this is going to be that. And if it doesn't, if it still hurts after I give you a bunch of morphine, I'm going to knock you out for 10 minutes and you'll be very sore when you wake up. And I'm like, oh Lord Jesus. So now I'm laying on this, this bed that's in a hallway because we need more space and rooms in our ERs. And I'm laying in this bed in the hallway and I'm like, Trying not to freak out. My wife's trying to be nice. Brian's trying to be nice. And I know deep down what she's thinking. She's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. If my husband has surgery, I have no kitchen. We've torn half our house apart. And no one's going to finish the renovations because he's going to be off work for six weeks. And I'm like, I knew that's exactly what she's thinking. I'm like, Brian, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, it's okay. you got to take care of yourself on all this stuff. Well, long and short of it is I lay there for about two hours. And the nurse comes back, he comes back, and he's going to give me the morphine, and literally as he walks in the room, it goes back inside, and all the pain is gone. And so I text Pastor Brett, and I'm like, hey, thanks for praying, Everett was praying, like, tell Everett, like, hey, like, and Brett's like, Pastor Jeremy's healed, he's, he's better, Everett, and I'm like, yeah, but now I look stupid, I've wasted the doctor's time, I've been in the ER, I'm like, I'm like God, this is a miracle, but I look ridiculous, right, and and literally, they did an x-ray, and I walked out there, and he was like, there's nothing wrong with you. Just go book a thing with your family doctor and get that looked after. But he said, just so you know, you better be careful with how you lift, how you work, and how you handle that. So I ordered some nice spanks for men off the internet, so I have to wear some fancy thing when I do any renovations or lift anything or stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes I think in our lives, following Jesus is hard work, 
And oftentimes when things get difficult and they get hard, we start pulling or pushing or flailing or doing things in the best way we know how. And it's not any fault of our own, but we haven't actually learned how to walk through certain situations. And we're trying to do the heavy lifting on our own. And we're trying to do the work that we think is going to help us, but actually in reality, we're, we're rubbing against what God's trying to do in us, and it's going to hurt us. I remember in that moment, the minute that went in, and I'm laying on that bed, and I'm like, I feel stupid, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, yeah, but you need to take care of yourself. And I was thinking about that, I was preparing to preach this week, how often have I, in my walk with God and in times in life, looked at the burdens, at the heavy things, the things that I think I can work out on my own and said, God, I got this. And I start pushing and pulling. And then I come on the other side. I'm like, why am I so tired? Why am I so sore? Why am I so weary? Why, why is this little conversation or this message that someone sent me, why is this weighing so heavy on my heart? And I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to teach us to learn how to lift. Because when we labor in our own strength, and sometimes when we say, I, it's not even about laboring in my own strength. I know that God has a way, but I just want to do things my own way. And that way leads to something that puts something out of joint or out of place or it tears a part of us and, and it stops us from God's fullness. You see in Jeremiah 6 verse 16 it says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. You see, God says there is a way to go about some of these things, and if you look for it, and if you stop, and you reflect, and you would follow me, it's going to lead you to rest. It's still a path. It's still work. It's still some things you need to do in your life, but it's going to lead to rest for your souls. But very often in our lives, we say, no, God, I want to do it my own way. Or we say, no, God, I don't even care about what you want in my life. I'm just going to go about Doing things how I want because you love me and have a wonderful plan for my life, but things aren't working out the way I want. So guess what? I'm just going to walk however I want. And it leads to hurt and disjointedness in our lives. If we want to live a full life in Jesus, there is a proper way to walk it out. And there will also be a temptation, though, to start lifting things on your own, things that we've never were meant to carry on our own. And I don't know how many times I found myself in that situation where I am carrying stresses of people or burdens or situations. And my wife will look at me and she's like, why are you letting that bother you? Like, you're doing the best you can. And that is God's to work out with wisdom. Like, there are things that we're not meant to carry on our own. But we're trying to lift situations. We're trying to lift people. We're trying to lift burdens. Maybe we just want to do some things on our own way. Maybe we just sometimes, I think we're so weary and we're so tired, we just say, I just want to stop altogether. But you can't stop. Because when you follow Jesus one step at a time, it's a progression. There's always a move to make. There's always something to do. And you're always in motion. Maybe we actually believe that we've made too many bad decisions or we're so far from God in the way we've been living our lives that there's no turning it around. But that's where we come to in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, uh, 12 and 13. Take a new grip with your tired hands. Strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet. 
Then those who follow you, though they're weak and lame, they won't stumble or fall, but they'll become strong. You see, this word is not just a word of encouragement. This word comes at the end of a word of correction. This word comes at the end of a situation where the writer is telling people, look, you've missed some things here, and we need to realign some things. But guess what? At the end of it, this is the heart of God. Don't be discouraged. Don't just quit and give up. Don't roll over and say, I can't do it anymore. Take a new grip. Strengthen yourself because God still has a fullness for you. God still wants you to experience a full life. And for those of us that have kids and those of us that are trying to lead people to Jesus, here's the other thing. When we stop walking, other people stop coming closer to Jesus because they see our stalling. And that's not like put it on you like, oh, if you make a mistake, someone else is going to lose their faith. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there are always people, little people watching us. They're watching how we lift, how we labor, how we respond to Jesus, how we move forward in fullness, even when things aren't perfect. And I believe that this morning the voice of Jesus would say this. Can we go back one slide? Sorry. No matter what we're going through, no matter what corrections you need to make, because maybe you're in a place where you know the reason you're feeling this rub against what God wants in your life is because you haven't been doing what you need to be doing. He still wants us to have a full life. He wants us to lead others to a full life. And there is a path that he wants to lead us on so we can walk with him in fullness. This is the heart of God for our lives. This is what he wants to do for each of us. And it brings us to Matthew chapter 11. And now when I pulled this verse, I'm like, oh, God, like Matthew chapter 11, that's what you want me to preach on? Like, that's a pretty popular verse. Everyone kind of knows that. Come to me, all who are weary. And I, like, started digging into it. I'm like, God, this is one of the most deep theologically verses to unpack in all of the New Testament. It's crazy the things that God starts revealing in all of this and what it speaks to. But we don't have time to do a four-week series on it today. But what we do have time to do is look at what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us this morning. It says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Put my yoke on your shoulders, and it might appear heavy at first, but it's perfectly fitted to your curves. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. And when you are yoked to me, your weary souls will find rest. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, just to explain, if you don't know what a yoke is, you didn't grow up around the farm, and even if you grew up around the farm, um, we haven't used oxen yokes for long time, long, long time. But a yoke would be put on the neck of two oxen so they could pull together, so you would have a team effort, okay? But if it didn't fit right, it was an irritation. If they didn't pull at the same pace, it was an irritation and it didn't work well. So there was a whole uh, learning and training of how you would, you know, till the ground and, and pull something and, and do something. And, and, and the farmer had to know which oxen to pair together and how to build the yoke and fashion it to them and make sure that the sizes were right. And Jesus, what he's saying, he says, look, I don't want you to just get into any yoke and start pulling any way that you want to pull I want you to take mine upon you because I know how to make it fit for you I know how to lead you in this you see if we want rest we need to come to Jesus we need to submit ourselves to Jesus walk in obedience to Jesus labor and pray and lift the way Jesus calls us to do these things but doesn't this seem unfair a little bit it's like Jesus is saying to those who are weary, tired, 
broken at the end of themselves. He's like, come to me, and I'll give you a different yoke. It's like, no, Jesus, I want to come to you, and I want a pina colada and a sandy beach, and I want a break. And he says, no, come to me, and I will give you rest because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will feel far more productive, and you will find the rest you need for your soul when you start learning to lift and labor in the right way you see it can be one of these things where it seems unfair but what Jesus is really addressing is two things here the first thing that he's addressing is those of us that are wearied and burdened by the laws of religion and tradition and doing and pulling on your own and trying to make something happen and what he knows is that when you labor and lift that way you're gonna burn out you're gonna find yourself in a place where you can't do it anymore Keeping up with religious laws and expectations of people will always lead you to the end of yourself. You cannot carry it forever. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to live under that, but that's not that there's never any expectation and there's not good work for you to do and there's not a proper way to walk this out one step at a time, but he goes, let me teach you and let me show you how it's done. And what he was offering here for the people of the New Testament was an exchange for the religious law and rules and regulations and the things that people could never attain to. And he said, there is a way that you can have that relationship with God you've always desired and you can be fulfilled and find the full life that you're meant to have in me. And that's the first thing that Jesus is talking about here. But ultimately what he's talking about is he's coming to people who didn't understand why he came who didn't know that he was coming to live his life and die on a cross and pay the price for their sin so they could be free from the burden that they were under. Jesus was talking about a burden of sin and shame and disconnectedness from God. And he said, if you would come to me, I'm gentle. I'm not looking to condemn you. I'm not looking to uh, be angry at you for your sin and your mistakes. He says, what I'm looking to do is give you an exchange. Don't live under that burden anymore. Come to me and start pulling with me, and we'll do this life together. And there's this ultimate exchange that comes when we lay down our sin our own way and we set it aside to come to Jesus because we can come without fear and we know that his plan and purpose for us is fullness in Jesus Christ. So today, no matter what place you find yourself in, maybe you're wearied, maybe you're burdened, maybe you're not, and I, there will be a day that you are. And you can remember this, but maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, I've never known what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus. And you don't understand why life feels so hard and what's going on and why can't I sort these things out? Well, your own sin and your own separation from God You will never get out from under that without the help of a Savior who wants to set you free and who wants to lead you into a full and meaningful life. But I believe the key phrase for us this morning is this. In Matthew 11, 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. And he says this, and he says, and learn from me. I believe when we want to live a full life, we just need to keep learning from Jesus. We've talked about going deeper into Jesus. We've talked about... Uh, putting our roots into him. We've talked about this relationship of intimacy and a friendship with Jesus. But when we say, God, you're my friend and, and, and I love you and, I, and I, I can't even believe that you would want to be in that intimate relationship with me. Now what he's saying to us this morning is, okay, now I want you to learn from me. 
I want you to learn some things about the way you go about your stresses and your, uh, your, your labor and your lifting and the things that you get put under in life. You see, when we learn to labor and walk with Jesus in fullness, three things actually change the way we walk and the way we carry things in our life. And the first thing is this. I think we can learn to lift with our knees. I think we really need to learn to lift with our knees. And that seems like the dumbest thing ever. Because your natural tendency, when you go to lift something off the ground, what do you do? You bend over and you lift with your back. Well, then if you have back problems, you know that there's a better way. Well, I look really dumb doing this all the time, right? Like, but <clears throat> it's better for your body and you lift with your knees. But have you ever gone to the gym and improperly used a piece of gym equipment? The best way to avoid that is just don't go to the gym. But... <laughs> I mean, like, I've been in the gym at times, and I'm, like, seeing someone do something like, oh, the machine's ready. I can lift, or I can pull that weight, and I get there, and I'm like, did anyone see that I couldn't do that? And maybe I was just stretching to do the pull down because that mom with three kids can lift more than me, you know, right? Like, you know, but when, when you go there, like, that equipment, it's supposed to make it easier on you so you don't get hurt. But if you do it the wrong way, you can really hurt yourself. And, and we need to learn to be those that lift more with our knees. And I don't know how many times I find myself in this situation where the Holy Spirit is correcting me on this. Just honestly before you, because I want to fix things. I want to get things done. I want to move things forward at times. And there are times that I face stresses and burdens and the Holy Spirit and then my wife say, the only thing that's going to fix is if you pray. If you get to your knees and you spend some more time with God, that's the only thing that's going to lift your anxiety. It's going to lift your stress. And it's actually going to lift the whole situation to God and let Him be ruler over all of it. But so often in life, I get to the point where I'm anxious, I'm agitated, I'm upset about something, and then my wife looks at me and is like, you need to go pray. Because if I talk to you, there's going to be words that aren't very godly. And, you know, it's like, but we have to learn to lift with our knees and not carry things on our own. We weren't meant to carry all these things on our own. And the importance of prayer cannot be understated. And sometimes we look at prayer, we only find it in this situation where uh, we're in high need or we're in stress or we're in anxiety. And then we find, well, now I have to make time to pray. But when you routinely go and exercise your body, the strength that you have when you need it is greater because you do it more often. And we need to get to a place as individuals and as a church body where we keep praying and going to our knees that when the situation come that are heavier than we can lift on our own we have a support we've been conditioned we've prayed we've learned to leave it in the hands of Jesus and we let him hold the stress so we can keep doing what he's called us to do but we got to lift with our knees you see but sometimes we say this I, I say this God I'm so tired I'm so weary the last thing I want to do right now is go pray because really what I want to do is have a nap you know like and if you fall asleep praying, it's okay. <laughs> Elijah did it. God didn't condemn him. He actually fed him, gave him a great word and all that. But the problem is this. So often when we're in those situations, we're stressed out. We're, we're almost fearful to go to Jesus because we feel like, did I not have enough faith? Did I not do enough? And we need to just come to him. And we, then we say, well, I don't know what. 
I'm going to pray. I don't know what to pray for. Well, then we have this great verse in Romans 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 26. And it says this in the Passion Translation. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty when we're weak to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. There is a prayer of the Holy Spirit, and there is a way we can come to God that even when you don't know what to pray, how to pray, how to fix a situation, you can just walk into your place of prayer and say, Jesus, I have no clue what to do with this, but I'm here to spend time with you and lift you up and pray, and there is an intercession and a way that you can come to him that actually you will walk out and you won't have a clue what you've kind of prayed about but there will be a burden lifted and you will know that God has heard and he's working on your behalf and we have to be those people it's too dangerous not to be because we could hurt ourselves but it brings me to my second point is you know when we talk about the Holy Spirit helps us well we need the second thing we need to learn from Jesus is we need to learn to stop lifting and laboring so much on our own you know, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I, gives you, I give you is light. A yoke still speaks of labor and work. I would never stand up here and tell you that coming to Jesus will make everything in your life better or make it easier. There is work to be done. There will be battles to fight. There are wars to wage. There are situations you'll still have to walk through. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So there will be situations that you see, though they don't even live for God, and it seems like they're more blessed than I am right now. How come my family had this situation happen and theirs didn't, and they don't even serve God? The thing is, is the nature of this world is disrupted because of sin, but there is a plan and a law of God that says he will always be with us. And we have to stop looking at our lives when we have labor and work and tough situations and believing that we're in it alone. Because it's even easy to come to church and feel like I'm still alone. Well, we need to connect with one another. We need to connect back to the Holy Spirit, to what God wants to do in our lives. Because there is work to be done and there's rest to be had. But a yoke means we're not pulling alone. A yoke means that we can pull with Jesus. A yoke means that we can pull with our Christian brothers and sisters towards similar goals a yoke means that someone can help us when we're too tired to pull alone and if you haven't found that or looked for that I encourage you to search it out if you have that but you and you're doing well I encourage you to search someone else out and help them start pulling in situations because sometimes the simplest thing like a person texting you or calling you and saying, hey, I was praying for you today and I don't know why. I just thought of you and I was praying for you and I believe God gave me the scripture for you. You don't know what that could change in someone's day, week, or month. Like just the fact that you feel like you're not pulling alone changes everything. Like I, I, I've been in situations where, you know, it's like when you're at work and everybody takes a coffee break and you're like the only one trying to finish what was supposed to be done by the end of the day. And like you're mad at everyone. Like we can get that way spiritually. Like, God, why am I in this by myself? And it's like, Jesus, like I've never left you. Like, why are you trying to do it on your own? We're going to pull together. We need to learn to labor together. If we're going to pull together and keep following Jesus one step at a time, we're not in this alone. So we should stop trying to do it on our own. We should stop trying to do it on our own. And lastly, this morning, I believe Jesus wants us to learn to lean into grace. 
We're going to learn to lean into grace. We learn to lift with our knees. We learn that we can't just pull and labor alone. But we learn to lean into grace. Matthew Henry said this on this passage. The yoke of Christ's commands is an easy yoke. It is crestus. Crestus is a Greek word that means it's kindness, it's patient, it's gentle. Not only easy, but gracious, so the word signifies. It is sweet and pleasant, and there is nothing in it to gall the yielding neck, nothing to hurt us, but on the contrary, much to refresh us. It is a yoke that is lined with love. Such is the nature of Christ's commands, so reasonable in themselves, so profitable to us, and all summed up in one word, and that a sweet word, love. The things that God calls us to do, the commands that he has, the way he wants us to labor and pull, it's not to cause irritation or to hurt us or to rub us the wrong way. That's our own flesh. But it is a yoke and it is a fit life with Jesus that leads us in the path of his grace and love. This morning, I just believe that some of you here need to hear this. You've been pulling, you've been tired, and you, you can even feel like I felt at times, like, God, this isn't fair for me. I don't know why I have to feel this way. And Jesus is really saying, then lean into my grace. Lean into the fact that I love you and I'm still leading you and I'm going to keep pulling with you and you're not left behind and you're not alone in all of this and we're going to labor together. Because this is the grace of God and this is the kindness of God. This is how we learn to lift the burdens, the situations of life, the things that we face. This is how we live a life of fullness. So why don't we